This is Samia Bano with Make Change Fun and Easy, podcast to help you create massive positive change in your life and the world. Hello, salam, salam, namaste, sashtakal, aloha, hola, ciao, and bonjour. I'm so, so, so happy and excited that you're joining me today. And I'm sure you will be so happy and so happy and excited that you are joining me today because I have a really, really amazing, very, very special guest. Raymond Aaron, who is a New York Times best-selling author and one of my mentors and people that I love and admire the most. And I'm so happy that you're joining me today, Raymond. Woohoo! All right, I'm happy to be here. Oh, thank you, Raymond. And, you know, one of the... I, I'm just really, really super excited about learning from you today and um, one of the things that I just love learning the most from you is about the spiritual universe and how um, it's the, the relationship between the spiritual universe and the physical universe. I think you're one of the most brilliant teachers when it comes to this topic and um yeah, before I suppose I ask you to jump right into that, uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, just whatever you would love to share? Well, I'm happy to tell your dear podcast listeners that I've been on stage for 38 years teaching my brand of wisdom. I teach how to buy real estate. I teach how to write a book. I teach how to speak on stage and make a lot of money. I understand the principles of wealth and I love teaching them and I've been doing it for 38 years. I'm also a podcaster, I'm an athlete, and I am an adventurer. In fact, I've done crazy things like I ride a five-foot-tall giraffe unicycle and I participated and completed Polar Race, which is called probably the world's toughest race. It's a 350-mile, month-long foot race to the North Pole at minus 40 degrees, hauling a 100-pound sled, dodging polar bears. So I've had a wonderful life, and one of the things that I've been learning is about the spiritual universe, and our dear host, Samia, wants to focus on the spiritual universe in this presentation. So now that you know a little bit about me, Samia, go ahead. I'd love to answer your questions and to illuminate your wonderful podcast listeners. Um. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, you know, one of the things that you were just sharing about all the amazing things that you have done, I realized that one of the reasons why you have been so successful and so um, able to lead such a wonderful life is because you have the knowledge that you have about the spiritual universe. Um, and, and you're, you know, learning um, and becoming more and more attuned with it every day of your life. And I think that's amazing. For people who are not really familiar with the concept of a spiritual universe, can you 
share your understanding of, of what it is? Well, let's differentiate spiritual universe from religion. Because mm-hmm. spiritual universe is not religion. So if you are Catholic or Jewish or Mohammed or whatever you are, whatever religion you are, keep your religion. This is not going to upset you in any way. This is about spirituality. And you know that religion was created by man. And therefore, if it's created by man, it has to be in the physical universe. Spirituality is, of course, in the spiritual universe. So they're completely, completely different and unrelated. In school, you weren't allowed to learn anything about spirituality or religion. At home, you learned about religion. At your place of worship, you learned about religion. But at school, you only learned about the physical universe. And so nowhere did you ever learn about spirituality. And I started getting intrigued by it only 10 years ago and have read everything I could, taken courses, spent a fortune of money learning from true masters. And I've come up with some interesting distinctions. And one is about the difference between spirituality and religion. So I want to clarify that right now. Mm. Religion answers questions. So for example, if a Jewish person goes into a synagogue, he has to put a hat on. If a Christian person goes into a church, he has to take his hat off. Well, those are just the rules of those different religions, but they really have nothing to do with spirituality. Spirituality doesn't answer questions. Spirituality asks questions. And spirituality asks only three questions. Number one, where did I come from? Number two, what am I doing here? And number three, where am I going next? So for example, if I ask a Christian, where are you going next? So look up and say, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to smile in a place that looks like clouds for a long time. And if you ask a Buddhist, where are you going next? They'll say, I'm coming back. So religion answers questions. And religion is one of the best things that man has ever created because it gives you guidance at troubled times or at joyous times. It gives you guidance as to how to get married and what to do when a baby is born and what to do when a child becomes a, a, an adult, what happens when someone dies. It, it just gives you guidance. And so religion is wonderful and it's completely different from spirituality. Spirituality is also different from the physical universe. The physical universe is made up of four things. Matter, which is everything you can touch and see and feel, like desks and tabletops and mountains and and Starbucks coffee, that's matter. Energy, like electricity. Space, that's what you see all around you. And time. Matter, energy, space, and time is the totality of the physical universe. And because there's no overlap whatsoever between the physical universe and the spiritual universe, there is no overlap. God's toe doesn't just pop into your living room occasionally. There's no overlap. Therefore, what you know about the spiritual universe is that there is no matter, no energy, no space, and no time in the spiritual universe. Another word for the spiritual universe is pure cause. And therefore, another word for the physical universe is pure effect. Everything that you see 
and touch and feel and hear in the physical universe was created by the spiritual universe. You probably heard the expression, thoughts are things, but that's incorrect. Thoughts are not things because thoughts have no matter. You can't weigh a thought, no energy, takes no space and doesn't exist in time. And therefore, it's in the spiritual universe. Things are in the physical universe. Thoughts are in the spiritual universe. Things are in the physical universe. Therefore, thoughts can't be things. But thoughts create things. Everything mm -hmm. that you have, Samia and also all your wonderful listeners to this podcast, everything that you have in your physical universe came from your thoughts. Your spouse, or whether or not you have one, and whether or not you have a good relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with your boss, with your employees, with your committee members, everything, whether you're sick or healthy, whether you got hit by a truck, or whether you're an athlete, or whether you're overweight, or whether your head hurts, or whether you have a, a Lamborghini, or a Tesla, or a Ford, all of those came as thoughts from your spiritual universe and has created and populated your physical universe. So that's a long answer to the first question, what the heck's the spiritual universe? No, I love it. Thank you so much. Because like for a lot of people, we don't, I mean, pretty much most people, we don't have a clear sense of the difference between the spiritual universe and the physical universe and the difference between religion and spirituality. Thank you for making these distinctions because they're so, so important for us to understand. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about so this idea of the thoughts are in the spiritual universe and then they are the cause of what we are seeing in the physical universe. Um, well, how does that work? I mean, I have millions of thoughts every day, but it seems to me uh, that I'm certainly looking at a surface level that not all my thoughts come true. That's um, right. Thank I'm, God. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank God. Because sometimes, sometimes you walk down the street and you say, gee, I think I'm going to sneeze. Oh, there's a yellow sign. Like, most of your thoughts are just random nonsense, but mm -hmm. some of your thoughts come true, and those are called postulates. Mm. A postulate is a thought that comes true, and most of your thoughts, like most of my thoughts, are just, oh, there's a lamp. Oh, I wonder when the lamp, uh, when the bulb is going to burn out. Oh, there's my hat. I wonder if I should tighten my hat so it won't blow off in the wind. Like, most of my thoughts are just random nonsense, like most people's are. However, some of them become postulates and populate and create my physical universe. Mm. So do we know the difference between when a thought is a postulate and when it's just a random thought? How could we tell the difference? Yes, well, sometimes you know and sometimes you don't know. I had a wonderful experience once. I was out jogging, and before I live now in a log cabin out in the wilderness, I lived in a luxury high-rise condo in downtown Toronto. 
And when I lived there, this condo was so big that we had an elevator on the north side and an elevator on the south side. But my suite was on the south side overlooking the lake. And so there was a door in the south side and a door in the north side. But I only used the door on the south side because I only used the elevator on the south side because my suite was on the south side. Fine. Mm -hmm. So I go out for a jog. On the way back, I see a Starbucks and I decide I'm going to buy a Starbucks for my dear wife. So I purchase it and I balance it as I'm jogging home. And of course, the street that I'm on goes right to the south side door. And just as I'm about to grab the handle of the south side door, I get a thought, use the north door. And I said to myself, what a stupid thought that is. It doesn't make any sense. If I go up the sidewalk to the north door and then go in the north door, I just have to go all the way down the inside corridor back down to the south side so I can go up the south side elevator. It's just a useless detour. It'll just take me longer. And then my dear wife's coffee will get colder. There's no point. It doesn't make sense. But I have learned to follow my hunches. Now, when I got that idea or that thought to go to the north door, I didn't say, oh, this is a posture, but this is wonderful. I'm going to be able to use this as a wonderful answer and send me a podcast a month from now. I didn't have that thought. I just said, that's dumb. Because in the physical universe, it is dumb. But soul is in the spiritual universe. And so I reluctantly, mumbling and grumbling, walked up the sidewalk to the north door. And just as I was about to grab the handle of the north door to open the door, the garage door opened for the underground parking garage. And I looked at it, and my car drove out. And there was my wife driving. And she saw me, I saw her, she saw the cup of coffee, she knew it was for her. She pressed the button so that the driver's window would roll down. And without stopping, she drove right by me, slowly, put her hand out, grabbed the coffee, and kept going without stopping, without saying a word. It was split-second timing. If I'd arrived maybe 10 seconds earlier, I would have never seen her. If I arrived 10 seconds later, she would have already left. It was split-second timing, and it was perfect, and it was joyous. And we think of that now because it's, um, it, it's just such an exciting example of following spirit, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that story. Oh, and it makes me think about when I have experienced moments like that and I felt guided towards something that didn't necessarily make sense but I followed through on that guidance and amazing awesome things happened sometimes it saved me from some big problem other times it opened up amazing opportunity and pathway to success and um my gosh, and I, I, I don't know, maybe a lot of times for me, that thought, that kind of thought, that postulate, is oftentimes accompanied um, by like a feeling. 
because uh, uh-huh. like what someone might call a gut feeling or that sense of intuition. Uh, yeah. So sometimes that's how I think about it. Yes, we have words for it. We call it sixth sense, woman's mm. intuition, beginner's luck, gut feel. We have all kinds of words for it, but the but the essence is that it is a message from your soul. Mm. That that is amazing. I love that that this idea that we have a soul that we have a connection with our soul our soul is guiding us uh, to do things that are good for us i just love that uh-huh i know me too ah uh, and the fact that you know when we talk about how do you make change more fun and easy because that's the broad theme of of my podcast of the show that we do make change fun easy this is one of the most amazing things that we can learn and tap into to help us make change more fun and easy mhm yes 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 so do you have any other wisdom to share in terms of how we can get better attuned with this inner voice or the guidance of the spiritual universe so that we are able to follow this guidance more and better and create more success in our lives, more ease in our lives, more fun in our lives. Yeah, I do have a couple answers. One is you have to know that you have a soul. I mean, pretty well everyone believes that they have a soul. and the soul is in the spiritual universe and the soul knows and the purpose of your soul is to guide you you have a nose why to smell you have a shoulder why to hold up your arm you have a knee why to bend your leg every single part of your body has a purpose and if you have a soul the soul has to have a purpose what is the purpose of the soul the purpose is to guide you Well, if it guides you, it has to communicate with you. How does it communicate with you? It communicates with you by gentle whispers, where you get a thought, or by woman's intuition, beginner's luck, all the things that I mentioned before. It guides you by communicating with you, but the communication is sometimes very, very gentle, so gentle that you could brush it off as nonsense. Like you might be driving home. and you always turn at 3rd street and today you say gee I, maybe I should turn at 1st street today now you can ignore it saying well that's stupid I might as well just keep turning where I always turn or you can follow your hunch and if you do you might see a brand new store that's offering a product that you've always wanted or you might notice a person you went to school with that you haven't seen in 20 years like you never know or you might never find out that if you'd gone your normal route you might have got into an accident and that if you take the guidance from spirit you would have avoided the accident so when i hear tiny little messages so tiny that i'm sure i just made it up i follow them i don't pretend they're nonsense i don't pretend i made it up 
I imagine that it's my soul guiding me and I follow it. Whatever it says, like go to the North Door and lots of other things. That's not like my only positive in my life. But there's another answer to your question. Let's say you have thoughts all day long. I don't know, you may have a thousand or 10,000 thoughts all day long like everybody else. And some of them are postulates. How the heck do you know the difference? You don't. But let's say the postulate happens and it wants to come true. You actually have say in whether it comes true or not. Because you are here as a free soul and you can do well you can do good in the world, you can do bad in the world, you can help people, or you can be a criminal. You have your own choice as to how you want to behave. And some of your choices help postulates come true. And some of the ways you behave hurt postulates from coming true. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. What hurts postulates from coming true? One ant, there's about eight things that hurt postulates from coming true. One is alcohol. Why? Well, go to a bar at one in the morning and watch the drunks rolling out. They can't even control their speech. They can't control their body. They can't think clearly. In a state of drunkenness like that, it's obvious to you that you can't hear subtle messages from your soul. Because basically you can't hear anything. You're just crazy. So I don't mean if you have a little sip of wine occasionally. I, I don't mean that. You're not going to like never have a connection with soul again. It's, it's not black or white. It's just the more alcohol you drink, the less is your connection to spirit. And so do I ever have alcohol? Eh, rarely. Sometimes my wife is having a beer and, and I'll say, give me a sip of it. And so I just take a sip, like just a, one little sip of it. Or if people are sharing wine around a table, then I'll say, just give me a, like, a half an inch of it, just to join them in a toast. And that's one thing that I do so that I don't prevent postulates from coming true, because alcohol cuts connection with spirit. Not forever, but certainly for the duration of the time that it's in your system. And let me tell you one thing that helps postulates come true. And that's called clean hands. And I don't mean the COVID requirement that you should wash your hands when you go to the toilet. I, I don't mean that. Clean hands is a spiritual concept that means you do everything with pride. You do everything as if it's broadcast around the world. And Christianity has a concept called sin. And to sin, you have to do something really bad. You've got to punch somebody or steal something or kill somebody. You know, basically breaking the Ten Commandments. But clean hands has a much, much lower threshold. So for example, one day I was walking down the street and my hand was in my pocket and I pulled my hand out of my pocket and a little piece of paper, just like a corner of a piece of paper that flitted out of my pocket and kind of fluttered down to the sidewalk. It was little. It was like maybe less than half an inch by half an inch. And I kept walking saying, oh, that was silly. 
Right. I littered. I said, that's not litter. That's a little bit of nothing. It'll be gone in the next rainstorm. In fact, the paper was white and the sidewalk is white. No one will ever see it. And I argued with myself. And then I realized, Raymond, stop arguing. You got dirty hands. Do you want to be known that you littered even just a tiny bit? No. Okay, then go back and get it. I said, go back. Are you kidding? It's a block back. I don't even know where to go. I'll never find it again. Raymond, go back. And I did go back, and I found that tiny, weensy piece of paper, and I picked it up, and I put it in the next uh, trash can that I passed. Now, I'm not telling you to pick up litter. That's not the point. The point is, I felt that that was dirty hands. I felt that I didn't have clean hands allowing that little tiny piece of litter to go down to the sidewalk. And so I don't want you to judge me whether I think I'm silly or whatever. That's my issue. You have your own issue. Whatever you do that you don't feel totally good about, maybe you're speaking to somebody and you inadvertently exaggerated. You said something and it really came off a little bigger than it should have. You say, oh, geez, I shouldn't have done that. Then correct it, whatever it is. Whatever little thing you do, not the gigantic issue of Christian sin, just little tiny things that you feel is not exactly perfect, then clean it up, apologize or correct it or whatever. And when you do the things that encourage postulates to come true and don't do the things that prevent postulates from coming true, And whether or not you know at the time that a thought is a postulate, if it is a postulate, then it has a greater chance of coming true. Yeah. And, and what you just shared actually makes a lot, a lot, a lot of sense to me. It reminds me of a teaching in Islam where we're taught that You know, even little things that you do that are out of integrity with what you know to be right with your values um, and, uh, and and your intentions to live your your best, even little things, you know, they will add up over time and have a huge negative impact on your life. And so... The, 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 uh, the big, one of the big missions that I have as a Muslim is to actually avoid the little things that I know are not optimal for me to be doing or that are not in integrity with my values. And, um, this is like a very <laughs> a big warning that we are given in the way that we're taught uh, to live Islam and it's always stuck with me uh, and I didn't always appreciate it but <laughs> this is such a key, key, key point thank you so much for sharing that right your religion gives you answers yeah and one of the answers that Islam gives you is be proud of everything you do do everything with integrity Now, you didn't know the reason for it because you yeah. never got the question. You just got the answer. Islam said, here's an answer. And here's another answer. Here's when you have to bow down. Here's how you wash your hands. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. So religion gives you lots of answers. 
Religion is wonderful because the answers that it gives you are good. Spirituality asks those questions that spiritual mm. that religion answers. Yes. Ah, oh, that that yes. That is so so true about religion giving answers. That is actually, especially when I was growing up, that was my prominent predominant experience of religion. Is that it was just giving me answers. Do this, don't do that, and I didn't understand why. I mean, there were a few things that I sometimes thought to question. It was like, why? <laughs> and as often as not, I didn't get any answer, or I didn't have any very good answer that was given to me. Um, and that became like a big problem for me later in life as I was growing older. Because I was really struggling with my inner peace and happiness. I'm a trauma survivor, and I couldn't couldn't get back to a place of peace, and I couldn't figure out why. And and the answers that I had been receiving, <laughs> um, they weren't helping me, and I couldn't figure things out. So uh, this this whole um, relationship that we have with religion. Um, um, that is sometimes disconnected from spirituality. It's like a big problem, I think. Well, I don't want you to think of it as a problem. When a man and woman gets married in the Jewish faith, as soon as the rabbi says, "I now pronounce you man and wife," the man is supposed to break a glass with his foot. Why? What the heck's that got to do with anything? Is that going to give them healthy children? Is that going to give them a healthy marriage? It's just a custom. It's just what Jews do.、Mm-hmm. And if some religion tells you to bow down every two hours and face the east, if you belong to that religion, that's what you do. So most religious leaders, like most rabbis, imams, monks, priests. Ministers—they don't want you to ask questions. They want you to just obey,、right. and that's the purpose of religion—is to give you a set of guidelines to follow. And if you follow them, you'll lead a good life. Whether you're Mormon or Christian or Jewish doesn't matter. Basically, all religions are good-centered. They—they they want you to do well, and they've created a bunch of rules to help you do well. So if you're going to belong to a religion, just do what the religion says. If you don't like the religion, get another religion. But what a lot of people do, which causes me great consternation, is they pretend they're of one religion. They tell people they're of that religion, but then they don't believe what that religion says.、Mm. Like the Pope says that women are not allowed to use any contraception, like the pill. But lots and lots of Roman Catholic women are using the pill. So they say they're Roman Catholic, but they don't believe what Roman Catholics are supposed to believe. And so,、mm. if you don't believe what you believe, how, like it doesn't make sense. How can you not believe what you believe? And I'm not. I'm, I just use Roman Catholic as an example because I'm Jewish and I occasionally have pepperoni on pizza and pepperonis from pigs, and we're not supposed to eat pigs. So. Jews and Christians and Muslims and I'm sure everybody violates the rules a bit. I'm just saying, 
if you're going to belong to a religion, do your best to just follow the rules of that religion. And don't ask questions, just follow the rules. That's what religion says, follow my rules. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then just, and, and just understand that spirituality is separate from, from that. And just sort of to follow the rules of the religion. And then you have your spiritual knowledge and your spiritual practices and do the, uh, is, is there like, how do you relate the, or not relate the two <laughs> in, in terms of like how you live your life? I'm Jewish by birth and I like saying I'm Jewish and I like my Jewish friends and I like the Jewish holidays. But I really don't concern myself much with the Jewish rules. I concern myself mostly with the rules of the spiritual universe. I just enjoy being Jewish. I've got Mm -hmm. lots of Jewish friends and it feels good when we say Jewish words together. But that's mostly, I don't use it as a religion. I use it mostly as a community and a good feeling. And I Mm -hmm. focus on the laws of the spiritual universe. And the one law that I want to end with is never add time. The biggest killer of a good life is breaking the spiritual law, never add time. You see, there is no time in the spiritual universe. And so if you add time, you're just, it's just impossible. You're just breaking a law of the spiritual universe. And one of the rules of the physical universe and the spiritual universe is if you break a law, you get hurt. So for mm-hmm. example, in the physical universe, there's a law called gravity. Now let's say, Sammy, that you don't believe in the law of gravity. Yeah, what the heck, that's stupid. I don't believe in the law of gravity. So you go up to the roof of a tall building and you step off. And mm-hmm. then you fall very fast and the sudden stop at the bottom kills you. So whether you believe in gravity or not, if you break the law of gravity, you get injured. There's another law in the physical universe called stop at red lights. Well, if you say, oh, that's a silly law, why should I bother stopping? Well, pretty soon, if you keep just driving through red lights, there's going to be a truck coming from the other direction, which will crash your car and kill you. So it's clear that if you break the laws of the physical universe, you'll get hurt. Even if you don't know it's a law, if you go through a red light because you're colorblind or something, or you're from Mars and you never knew the rule you're supposed to stop at a red light, whether you know the law or not, if you go through it, you'll get hit by a truck. And it's the same true for the spiritual universe. If you break the laws of the spiritual universe, even if you don't know them, even if you don't know them, you'll get injured in the physical universe. And what does that injury look like? You'll have a lower income than you deserve. You'll have less health than you deserve. You'll have nagging problems that never seem to go away. No matter how much you earn, you don't have any money in the bank. No matter how much you earn, you always have a nagging debt. No matter how nice you are to your spouse, you have a lousy relationship. No matter how many 
parenting books you read, your kids seem to always misbehave. Like when you break the laws of the spiritual universe, it deteriorates your physical universe and you have nagging problems that go on for your whole life. And the only way to solve them is in the spiritual universe. Like if you have a lousy marriage and you go to a marriage counselor, marriage counselors can tell you they have a very poor rate of success because the answers aren't in the physical universe. The answers are in the spiritual universe. And when you correct the mistakes that you make in the spiritual universe, suddenly your entire physical universe brightens up. Mm. And when you break the law of never adding time, then what happens is you have to have a giant to-do list. Because instead of taking care of things immediately, you write it on a list. And then you write, and then when you don't do it that day, you write it on the next day's list. You write it on the next day's list. So people are walking around with 10, 20, 30 items on their to-do list, which they know for sure they're not going to get done that day. They don't get anything done. And when you get, when you don't get things done, that means you're less productive. That means you're worth less. And so you earn less. I do things the instant I think of it. Now, uh, right now my brake light is on in my Tesla. I can't go directly to a shop and have my brake light fixed. Uh, sorry, my brake fixed. Why? Because I can't get an appointment until Monday at 1.15. So, but what I, I didn't say, oh, I'll fix it tomorrow. Let me I'll think about it tomorrow. I opened up my Tesla app and I clicked on maintenance and then I clicked on my address so that it can figure out where the nearest service station is. And then they told me I could have an appointment at 1.15. I clicked on it and it's done. So I did it immediately. I didn't fix the brakes immediately because I don't have an appointment yet. But I immediately did everything that I could. Rarely is the thing that I could do write it on a to-do list. Very, very rarely. Usually it's make a quick phone call, send somebody a text, call someone to correct something. I get things done immediately. And so I start my next morning free. Most people start their next morning with a hangover of a couple dozen to-do items that they haven't done for ages. And so my life is cleaner. I don't have a burden on my shoulders. If somebody calls me tomorrow morning and says, hey, spend the whole day with me, I've got this amazing opportunity, I don't have to, I, I don't have to say, oh my God, I got so much to do, I can't do it. I say, sure, I got nothing to do. So that's just one of the rules of the spiritual universe. Yeah. And I wanted to end with that because I've been talking about breaking the rules of the spiritual universe, but I realized I didn't tell them an example of one. Thank you. That is a wonderful example. I love that one. I, ever since I've learned that from you and to the extent that I have been able to practice it, it has for sure, for sure improved things so much for me. <laughs> Yay. So thank you so much, Zerman, for giving us all this time and sharing your wisdom with so much openness and love I really really appreciate it and um, uh, we will for sure add your links in our show notes so people can get in touch with you do you have any last words that you want to share with us for right now yes what you can do in your show notes is give people give your um, your listeners 
the information about my podcast. Because if you love Samia's podcast, then you probably listen to more than one podcast. And I would be honored if you would consider listening to my podcast. It's called Respark Your Life. Respark Your Life. It's available, obviously, at resparkyourlife.com. And it's the world's premier podcast to ignite the fire to allow you to live life on your own terms. And I have an issue twice a week. On Monday is an interview with a multimillionaire, world-famous celebrity. And on Thursdays is a 10-minute insight, just a fascinating idea that I have that's only 10 minutes long. Some people just listen to the 10-minute Thursdays. Some people just listen to the half-hour interviews. You can do whichever you like, and that's a wonderful way to be in touch with me and to keep learning about the things that I offer. Yes, I love Respark Your Life. I'm definitely subscribed to it, and I listen to it very regularly, and I love it. So I definitely encourage everyone who's listening, if you're listening right now, click the link in the show notes right now and go ahead and subscribe to it. (laughs) Thank Thank you again, Raymond. I will see you again soon. You are a wonderful, happy, enthusiastic, ebullient interviewer, and I really enjoyed this session. Thank you. 